Welcome everybody to the Out of Home Insider Show, a podcast like no other, hosted by the one and only Tim Rowe. Get ready to have some knowledge dropped on you and to be entertained because nothing's more valuable than food for your brain. So sit back, relax, we're about to dive in as the best industry podcast is about to begin. Welcome to Out of Home Insider, the loudest voice in Out of Home. It's funny, a lot of people stop and ask me, they say, Tim, what's that mean? What does it mean to be the loudest voice in Out of Home? Uh, A lot of folks assume it has something to do with being louder than other industry trade coverage. It actually has nothing to do with anyone other than the community that is out of home. Whether you're a big operation, a small operation, have unique marketing insights, or a ton of out-of-home expertise, this is a platform to help the community grow, the community to learn. So I invite you to subscribe, follow, share. Please do all those things that help the the community of -of out-of-home grow through this podcast, through the amazing guests that we have. It's all about democratization. And that's one of the reasons I'm most excited to be a part of the team at OneScreen.ai, where we're bringing buyers and sellers together to help brands win. If you want to learn more about what we're doing at OneScreen, visit OneScreen.ai. Without further ado, let's go. Welcome everybody to the Out of Home Insider Show, a podcast like no other, hosted by the one and only Tim Rowe. Get ready to have some knowledge dropped on you and to be entertained because nothing's more valuable than food for your brain. So sit back, relax, we're about to dive in as the best industry podcast is about to begin. It's legit, man. I love the office. I love the uh, the screen in the back. Oh, that was cool. It just did like this. The the logo is like. Whoosh. Yeah, this is actually some of your uh, recommendation to focus on the X. You know. So oh, we made, really? We made that a little bigger. I love it, man. And it's yeah. kind of like it's kind of got this like sport feel, which I'm sure you were going for. But it feels exactly. like exactly X Games ish. Totally, totally awesome. And I like the sticker at the bottom, kind of make it look like a billboard or something with the. Uh... <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's funny. We um, uh, I we went around and started putting those stickers on, and it's one of those, uh, you know, small things that you overlook uh, at a certain point. And um, I I think you talked to him, uh, Kenny Kenny Rowell uh, at Interstate Outdoor. Um, I haven't yet. We're getting Kenny. And, now, now we're coming for you, Kenny. We got to have you on. Yeah. Um, so Ken's a, a great friend of mine and has been a, uh, a tremendous mentor and, um, getting into this space. And, um, he just said, Hey, you know, what, why don't you have, you know, like a sticker on the bottom of every screen, right? Like it like, seems so obvious. And then like, yeah. oh, oh, that's a good yeah. idea. And, uh, when he mentioned it to me, I, I said, you know, we're going to make it look exactly like, um, you know, we looked at probably 20, 10, 20 different, um, you know, those little bottom icons on a billboard. And, sure. um, you know, we mocked this up, spread it out, and um, then started putting the stickers everywhere. I dig it. Well, before there were ever stickers on screens, someone came up with a wild idea to start Venue X. Like, maybe we just start at the beginning and with, like, a proper introduction and... Uh, and how you got into the space. Absolutely. Um, so it, it's, it's interesting. And, um, you know, I'm a big fan of the podcast and it's, I've listened to, I think I've listened to every episode and it's always interesting for me to hear 
and other people's stories too, uh, to, to say, you know, they fell into this out of home space and, um, we're, we're no different. Um, we certainly didn't plan on this. Um, you know, 10 years ago, this wasn't the plan. Um, I, in 20, I started coaching lacrosse, um, back in 2010 and, uh, a camp grew into clinic, grew into club team. And, um, I ended up working full-time, uh, with a buddy of mine, you know, quitting my job and, um, a buddy of mine had a, a bigger camp clinic club series going and um, I joined him and we grew that out, uh, ended up merging with a couple other uh, clubs in the state and um, our lacrosse club grew. Uh, so, so really I started in the sports space. I played lacrosse in college at Bowdoin College and um, played a little bit after and coached after and um, we, grew, we grew the club and we ended up, uh, two of my partners bought uh, sports facilities. Oh, wow. Okay. Okay. So, um, we were in the Plymouth sports complex, uh, 45 minutes South of the city and the Cohasset sports complex. And we realized very quickly, um, this audience is massive that comes in and out of there. And, and I I'm talking pre pandemic, um, you know, you've got, um, very affluent, higher than average household income, coming to these venues multiple times a week, you know, sure. whether it's for soccer practice, hockey, lacrosse, uh, basketball, volleyball, you name it. Um, and we were selling ads on the walls, banner ads, um, like, you know, like, big, like proper printed banners. Yeah. Um, you know, huge, uh, some, some big, some small varying pricing. We knew there was a market there and, uh, we started exploring some options, on how, how do we, how do we, without, you know, selling out and making it look like NASCAR, <laughs> how, analogy. how do we, how do we take this tremendous audience we have? And I think at, at our peak, um, before we were acquired, uh, we had so, somewhere around uh, 1200 athletes in our program. Wow. And uh, that was just, through, that was through the camps. Yeah, these were club teams. Okay. Uh, so, you know, year round, uh, train a couple times a week, go to tournaments. Um, a, a lot of folks might be familiar with like AAU baseball or AAU sure. basketball. There, there's no AAU per se for lacrosse, but that's that's what we were. And inside of these facilities. And, and Fitz, real quick, for anyone not familiar with, with athletics at that level, it takes a certain level of income and time, right? It's a huge time and financial commitment for these families. You talked a little bit about the audience that venue X reaches. Maybe if you could draw a little bit more uh, color onto that, the specifics of the audience. Um, sure. It sounds like that was kind of a pivotal in, in developing the idea. Yeah, it absolutely. I mean, the, the audience was the number one thing um, that, that we knew there are advertisers out there that want to reach these folks that are spending upwards of $10,000 a year on, you know, on average, um, maybe not just on lacrosse, but, um, hockey club fee, travel, uniforms, skates. Um, now they're out two hours away from their house. They got to go out to eat after a game. They're going to travel six hours in the car to Pennsylvania for a tournament. They're going to get a hotel, you know, they're going to get flights. Um, they're going to, they, a lot of them have second homes. They're going to go on vacation. 
Um, we, we actually have um, in the works right now, a really interesting uh, video ad that we're making following uh, the trail of some of my buddies who are coaches on why they bought a Yeti. Okay. So, oh, that's cool. um, you know, and just saying like, Hey, this, this guy is in this rink two times a week. He's in this facility over here and they all bought Yetis because, you know, they, they saw the, uh, their friend came to the, the cook backyard cookout with the Yeti. And um, that friend also goes to the rink, et cetera, et cetera. So, and that's how it happens. We're here with Brian Fitzgibbons, one of the founders of Venue X, and we're learning all about how Venue X reaches uh, an active, affluent market all across New England. Right? Is that we, primarily your footprint? Yeah. So we're we're all across New England. Not. I'll back up, and I, I apologize. Apologize. I skipped around a little bit. Not there. at all. We, this is. We just roll right into it. You know, I we were coaching. We were growing our club writing was on the wall that we were going to get acquired, um, by a great, uh, great company, uh, called three step sports. That's, uh, doing some tremendous things in the youth and amateur sports space right now. Um, to, and really providing opportunities for a lot of, um, athletes that don't have the financial means, uh, mm-hmm. to participate, um, at the same level. So, Three steps doing some great things in the not only in the lacrosse community, but in softball, basketball, football, you name it. And um, anyways, as that was happening, I was looking at this and I said, hey, we've sold a lot of banner ads on the walls. We actually had a screen in the Plymouth Sports Complex that we had a, a USB thumb drive in. And we would use the screen. So if we'd go around uh, literally go around door to door in area in the community to sell the banner ads. And if they didn't want to invest in a banner ad, uh, a big 10 by 10 foot banner on the wall, we would say, Hey, you can get on this loop, um, on this USB drive and it will cost a little, little bit less for the year. And, um, we started selling those. So we knew that there was a market there and, um, that turned into, um, quite literally, uh, one of my best buddies from elementary school is my business partner, uh, Mark Groundberg. And, uh, we loaded up, um, Mark's SUV. Uh, we call it the war wagon. And we literally drove around, um, hanging up screens for the next, call it 14 months. Wow. So it grew um, so, pretty quick. Yeah, it grew quick. I mean, we're in, we're in 70% of the sports facilities in new England. Um, so we reach the majority of that sports audience. I mean, it, it's that family amateur sports audience. And our our screens are in lobby areas, spectator areas. Uh, some, some venues are huge and big, brand new, beautiful. Some are really small and have been there for a long time. And, and the screen placements are all fairly consistent that this audience is going to spend about little over an hour inside of the venue for the most part, you know, Which is in- incredible. We you know, dwell time, something that we hear about and talk about and brands care about. These folks are hanging out there with nothing to do, but watch their kid play sports for, for an hour. Exactly. Exactly. And that was, that, that's, that was something that, um, you know, at first it was speed over strategy on where we we're putting the screens. And then we started to get some really good, uh, strategic advice from, you know, guys, like I mentioned, Ken Rowell, uh, John Carroll at Carroll advertising, who'd be a great, 
uh, guy for you to talk to. He's got a number of big digital billboards um, around uh, the Boston area. And um, then we started to really zero in on where do we put these screens to get the most engagement? Um, and we started using um, AdMobilize. Uh, and we have AdMobilize deployed at any given time, uh, probably on 10% of our screens. And, and that started to help us better understand, you know, not, not only the foot traffic in and out of the venues, but which screens were in good spots and which screens were in bad spots. Interesting. And, and what, what, what did you, what did you look for? Because camera technology is something that it comes up in conversation. You're the first uh, person that I've talked to that's used it in, in uh, the way that you just described, like what were the things that you observed by having cameras installed? The, the, the biggest takeaway and how, how we get, I'll back up and say how we get into it is I, I think like everybody else who's got these screens in a place-based environment, you know, whether it's a, a gym or a barbershop or, you know, uh nail salon or for us in hockey rinks, um, everybody's super focused on what do they need to do as a media owner or screen owner to connect to programmatic uh, revenue. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, so, you know, we can count the cell phones on a geofence or through near field communication. Uh, that's great. We could have somebody literally sit there and audit that screen, you know, and, and count how many people, how many eyeballs looked at it. Um, but we realized, uh, I think I met, uh, Mike Neal at the DPAA summit. I'm not, I'm not hundred percent sure where, where we first met or how we first met, but, uh, Mike was great at explaining, uh, Mike Neal from AdMobilize, of explaining how we can use that data to actually track screen glances. Because for us, um, you know, we were certainly aware that there are some of our screens that people are just blowing by to get to the locker room. And we're okay with that because we might have two or three other screen placements around the venue. Uh, but we wanted to know which screens actually were getting the eyeballs as we were deploying, you know, 25 more screens the next month, 50 more screens the next month, you know, make sure we're putting them in the right areas. Um, so how we use that data specifically was to say, um, at, at first we we're thinking, okay, this is the, the next jump that we need to make in order to connect to programmatic. Um, but re the real benefit that came out of it was unforeseen, which was to help guide uh, where we're putting these screens in the future. So we want to replicate, you know, find commonalities that is this screen near a vending machine, um, for instance. Yeah, those screens tend to get a lot more uh, impressions tracked on AdMobilize because people are hanging around in there. They can't bring their food or drink into the court or the ice. So they're going to the vending machine, getting their snack, hanging out in the lobby, looking at the screen. Um, so that's just one one caveat, but the 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 real impact that uh, those ad mobilized units have had for us is helping to guide uh, where to put these screens in the future and what are the commonalities around these good screen placements. It makes a lot of sense too. When you think about like Facebook, Facebook's a, a perfect analog for this. Facebook has different ad placements and Facebook knows the different ad placements, whether that's in the newsfeed or the marketplace or suggested videos, they know that different placements are going to have different levels of engagement and you've used technology to replicate that in the, in the real world. Exactly. And, um, it's it's amazing 
you know, we've had so much free advice given to us um, by so many people, uh, too many to name on here. And I was prior to coming on here, I was thinking about <laughs> listing them all out. And um, but this this out of home industry is so unique in a lot of ways because there's not many people you can't pick up the phone and call that, that they're willing to take a look at what you're doing and offer their best uh, advice on this. And we've been fortunate to have a number of friends um, either in the industry or on the periphery um, of it that, that have given us some really great advice along the way, because I'll tell you, Mark and I, um, we, we certainly to to build a network in in the majority of hockey rinks and indoor turfs in, in New England was we we were lucky in the sense that we had that pre uh, built in network because this is a fragmented audience right I mean most of these rinks are owned by um, the individual owners they're all separate businesses so mm. it's, it's not just it's one not, franchise that you. Correct. Get in there and it's all done. Like there's a lot of heavy lifting along the way. Yeah. And it, it takes, um, you know, it, it, as you know, with a small team, it, it takes just as long to um, set up a, a venue relationship with a single rink as it does with somebody who owns seven rinks um, in, in a, in a weird way. It just, sure. you know, the amount of time uh, put in there and, and we're able to scale that pretty quickly. Uh, thankfully, I was in the, the sports space locally for a long enough time that I had enough of those relationships to speed that process up. And then it just turned into following the playbook. And, and we, we thankfully had some great coaches and, and advisors along the way and um, telling us where to, how, how to do things and, you know, giving us their take on it. And sometimes we agreed, sometimes we disagreed, but um, you know, the, the network was built, um, Mark and I, the majority of these, actually every screen in our network, um, we've put our hands on, you know, we either literally mounted it into the wall or connected our device on the back of it. Um, there, there are very few out there that we've shipped a device to. I think it's, um, in the under 10 out of, uh, hundreds. So it's, um, it's been an awesome experience, uh, to, to do that. And I think we've we've gained a unique perspective um, being on the road like that and seeing every screen. You know, we've we we're inside of those venues. We get a good understanding of where people are walking, where they're going. We meet the venue owner and um, or the man, the rink manager, as the case might be. And, and we're focused really on that relationship first with with our venue owners and our, our rinks and our turfs uh, to make sure that they're able to use the screens too um, to sell their own programs you know so they're they're doing some really cool uh, things about announcing tryouts earlier on the screens um, you know when they have a, a new team or a new tournament coming into their facility that's going up on the screens uh, making everybody aware and they've had a lot of success with that um, so it's 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 been a, it's been an awesome journey so far. I'll tell you that. I'm sure. How many venues and how many screens total? If you had to roll it all up, in, in total, right now, uh, where we went into the pandemic with uh, just about a hundred venues and a little over 300 screens, 
uh, right now, wide open and active. Um, we're just about hovering around 75 venues um, and a little under 300 screens. So we're, we're hopeful that all of, all of the venues will come back to life back online. And, and, and I'll say, I'll, I'll take a minute to say that it's, you know, the, the pandemic has been challenging for everybody. Um, and it's been particularly challenging for uh, sports venues, especially up here in Massachusetts. Um, they've faced some really strict regulations um, from the Massachusetts Department of Health. Um, and the, the resiliency that our venue partners have shown uh, to stay open is absolutely tremendous. I mean, it's It's inspiring to us as well um, that to stay in the fight, so to speak, um, these venues were locked down for six months. I mean, literally not allowed to have anybody inside of them. Um, and it's just amazing to me um, what these guys and girls have done to bring their pro, you know, they brought their programs virtual, they went outdoors they they figure out ways to keep their programs alive um for the athletes that the youth athletes that were in them and they figure out a way to get their venues back to life uh once they're able to open back up and um it's that's why our focus is with them uh to to make sure we're solving problems for the venues first um and then allowing our advertising partners to access that audience, right? So we want to make sure the venues are taken care of and they understand the system and to, to use it and um, sell their own programs. And then the second piece is bringing those advertisers and giving them the opportunity to speak to that audience. How is How easy is it? I, I think it matters, right, as brands as brands evaluate things like data consent and how do we use data? Uh, I think that out of home continues to become more powerful because frankly, we don't need your data. We have real world behavior. If you're actually interested in sports and you're an active family and you have disposable income, pretty good, pretty good chance that they're going to be at a, at a venue X location. How easy is it for a rink manager or you know a facilities manager to to operate this is it is it much in terms of their side of managing it do y'all handle most of the back end what's that what's that look like in case there's somebody listening that's interested in in, in bringing their facility yeah, on board that that's that's one of the key components when we at the outset we knew that whatever we were asking um these venue, these sports venue owners to do, or these managers to do had to be super simple. Um, and that's not to say that they're not nuanced technologically. It's just that these, these guys and girls wear a lot of hats, sure. um, you know, so they're coaching a team at 3 PM. They're making a new sheet of ice on the Zamboni at six, you know, they're setting up a registration at night, going home, eating a quick dinner, waking up the next morning, doing the same thing. Um, so we knew that we couldn't have a system uh, for them to log into or a content management system for them to log into that was complicated, you know, that was going to just create a new hour long uh, piece of work a week or two hours a week. It had to be quick. So we've we've got a very simple uh, system. It's very easy. Um, if a venue had a screen um, that used to have Comcast on it or 
has a thumb drive in it right now. Um, we can literally get them set up same day, you know, if, if we can drive out there, but, or, or we ship it to them um, and they plug it into the back of the screen, they log in. And if, if you can, what we always say is if you can make a post on Facebook, you can use our content management system um, that, you know, you're skilled enough technologically to, to use this and understand it. And um, that's gone a long way for us. I mean, it's, it's streamlined. The training takes 15 minutes and then there are never any questions at the end. Um, which is great for us um, and really good for the venue partners because now they they have the ability to utilize, they have some intermittent staff. There's a, some commonalities around these venues that they'll have some younger, recent college grads who work part-time and help out with marketing programs and the ability for them to be able to change the screens remotely versus having to be there with a computer hooked up to it or however they were doing it before. Uh, really changes things. Um, yeah, that's huge. So. Definitely. And what what do you see in terms of the brand impact, right? There's a lot of good things going on here in that we can, it's really like that community level thing, maybe something that was only ever available to, you know, Joe's Pizza down the street or the local tire shop. But this is an opportunity for brands to be able to reach that audience on a hyper-local, on a hyper-targeted basis with measurement kind of at scale do you do, do you see brands using it that way absolutely um and that's that is so exciting to us and that's the number one reason that we did this is basically aggregate a fragmented audience right and put it in one spot that you know if you were um we, one of our great uh, advertising partners at convenient md uh they're a um urgent care uh, facilities and they're popping up all over New England right now. And we work hand in hand with them on helping to identify uh, community-based sports venues to advertise in. Uh, and they, they'll put up a 40-foot banner, like a huge, they, they, they do it right. They, they'll put up a huge banner, they'll go on our screens, they'll have a stand-up display with handouts about how if your kid breaks his arm, you can go get a cast. If your daughter needs a sports physical, they can shoot right in there same day and get an appointment. Um, and they're, they're all over the venue using the screens and using our measurement to identify where to go uh, in a radius of their urgent care centers. And the, the thing that's so exciting about how they're doing that validated our hypothesis that this audience is desired by advertisers that want to be in front of the community and, um, you know, we were talking about, uh, Mark and I were talking about your episode with, uh, Linwood Bibbids. Of course. And he, he was talking about his audience saying that these, these are the tastemakers, right? Yep. And in a hyper local sense, these are the tastemakers. Mm. You know, I, I, when he said that it resonated with me so much because like it or not, the hockey coach talks to a lot of people, the lacrosse coach, the parent on the lacrosse team, the soccer team, they buy that Yeti cooler and four other people buy it. You sure. know, these, these are hyper local tastemakers and um, brands, you know, especially regional brands is really our sweet spot. Like a convenient MD that's saturating New England right now um, is, is perfect for us uh, because we reach so many people over and over again. 
uh, inside of their geography. Um, and that's, that's one of the things I, I think uh, we're so excited about what's going on with one screen and working with, with you guys on some things is we can kind of bridge that gap between what we're able to do uh, as a, a screen owner and a network owner uh, to what that uh, regional brand needs to get back from a measurement reporting, you know, remarketing perspective, um, where one screen really bridges that for us very well. And we love it. We love it because our brands love it. Our brands are audience focused. They're typically non-participants. They haven't done out of home before. They're not particularly in love with one format or another. They just want to reach the audience with measurements so that they can optimize for, for outcomes. What's next on the uh, roadmap for Venue X? I think you just you just added some uh, some new facilities, some baseball facilities. What's yeah, uh, what's it look a, like over the next twelve months? We've got a great uh, partnership gr uh, growing with Frozen Robes Baseball. Um, they're one of the premier baseball training facilities uh, in the country. Um, they've got ten locations nationwide, and um, we're going to be connecting screens uh into those facilities and uh growing with them we're real excited about that um where our network's growing in the new york dma um in the in the boston dma i would say you know we've there there's certainly some places we still want to track down um but uh for the most part we're we're pretty well saturated up here. And he's, he's, he's being humble. They own it. They own New <laughs> yeah. England. If you're trying to reach that audience, exactly. period, it's probably in New England. If you're trying to yeah. reach that audience specifically in New England, there's only one way to do it, and it's Venue X. That's right. I appreciate that. Absolutely. Um, so we're, we're focused on um, really, you know, one of the silver linings of this COVID pandemic has been having to come off the road and focus on processes that could or how to improve them uh so my my business partner mark has done some really excellent work to streamline how could we remotely connect to a venue and he's built some training videos and documents and uh streamline that process where we can drop ship devices to folks um, that we hadn't been doing that before because for us, the relationship side of things was so important um, that I, Mark and I want to be out there in front of the venue owner, literally put up the screen, show them how to, how to do it. When, when that option was taken off the table, um, Mark did some awesome stuff and, you know, building out a, a way that we can simplify getting the a screen hooked up there and plant the flag. And then when we get there, we get there or shipping them all uh, at one time. And um, uh, I'll tell you, it's that we're excited. We've got um, a, a couple of things that um, are in the works that, that we're super excited about from a, a new venue perspective. But uh, what I'll say is we're, we're starting to plant flags uh, all over the New York DMA. Um, we're starting to move outside of New England, which is exciting to us. And, um, you know, I think partnerships with folks like you guys at One Screen and um, David Weinfeld and Adam Malone at Screenverse, um, really just seeing everything come together um, for a place-based media owner like we are, um, we're starting to get more aggressive now, right? Coming out of the pandemic, it's like we're out of the corner. We're throwing punches again. Let's go. Uh, we're, we're hooking up screens on a, a weekly basis. Um, and 
our vision is really to go Boston, New York, and then kind of take a tactical pause and analyze and think where um, where the next DMA to hit is. And you know that that could be Philadelphia. Uh, I'm not I'm not positive what's after New York right now, but um, New York's in our crosshairs for sure. But we're going to have to do a follow-up to this and talk about all that when it comes online. What's something that you learned during COVID uh, that you never thought you would learn? Um, <laughs> that's a good question. Uh, we we got creative uh, during COVID. I mean, we're, we're building landing pages for people that don't have uh, websites to advertise on our network. We have done a lot, uh, learned quite a bit uh, from the guys over at Centro on, um, you know, remarketing and trying to provide a solution. What we had to do uh, really was provide more solutions to the advertisers mm. that than we typically needed to, right? Because a lot of the folks that we work with, um, and it really speaks to the democratization of buying out of home, you know, through a, a tool, a buying tool, like flip billboards or something like that, um, where there are regional brands that aren't yet big enough for an agency. Mm -hmm. You know, they don't have the money to um, spend month to month on an agency, but they understand they've, they've done campaigns with agencies. So they get what they should be buying. And if they want this audience, they want to buy, let's say, 20 of our facilities, you know, put up banners, go on the screens. They know that they should be remarketing to a location-based audience, but they don't maybe know exactly how to do it themselves. So we had to figure out a way to provide that without bringing an agency in that's going to give them a big bill sure. to get, get some deals done. And, um, you know, I, I think it was a uh, it's not a long-term thing, but it was, you know, something that we had to do to be flexible. And I think it provided us a lot of uh, really good insights into what the needs, wants, um, demands of the advertiser is, like uh, of the brand. How do they need to see this on the back end? How does this, how does our network relate with a bigger campaign? And uh, that, that was a huge learning experience. One that we did not expect to uh, get into prior to COVID. Uh, we've done everything from build somebody a website that they didn't have one, you know, like the quote unquote Joe's pizzas of the world, Sure, sure. Uh, build them a website. So we could send uh, the ad could send somebody somewhere. Um, so it's, it's been a, a, a real good test uh, to see how flexible we are, see how um, agile we can be. It, it makes sense. It's that adapt and overcome attitude. Uh, Brian, thank you for your service. Brian, like myself, yeah, uh, once upon a time, we, uh, we spent some time in the Marine Corps. So I guess that's, that's a problem. You know, if, uh, <laughs> yeah. if, if there's a problem, yep, we could solve it. Uh, and, and, and you put a couple of jar heads on out of home. We might figure a thing or two out. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> and, and, and Hey, at a minimum, we have that, uh, you know, the old Marine Corps term violence of action. I mean, <laughs> we, uh, we, we came like a bat out of hell, uh, driving around all in new England, just slapping screens up everywhere. And we're, we're looking forward to as this vaccine takes hold, uh, you know, getting out there and doing the same thing. Um, just being, you know, brilliant at the basics, so to speak, um, is something that we pride ourselves on. 
and uh, just swinging that axe every day. I mean, we're, we're hitting the road and um, getting things done and, and growing the network. I think that's the, the key, the key takeaway that we've gotten from uh, the COVID aside from, okay, yep. We were agile. We, you know, we, we ran some campaigns, you know, with some great partners like Centro and, you know, we've learned a lot for sure. And now we say, all right, what is, what is our fundamental, you know, what's the number one thing we need to keep doing. And, and for us, that's growing the network, you know, that's getting more of this audience under our umbrella. Um, and that's, that's what we're really focused on is grow, 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 and, um, be able to provide, uh, an easy connection to that audience through partnerships like ours with one screen. Absolutely. If I said former Marines, you know, for the critics out there, once Marine, always Marine, but you know, they wouldn't let <laughs> us have beards and nice things like this. That's uh, right. That's we're right. still active too. That's all the distinction is. Brian, are you a podcast guy? Are you a reader? What, what do you do? Where do you go for motivation, inspiration, education? You know, the OOH insider is always my first stop. Ah, um, appreciate but uh, I'm, I'm definitely, you know, uh, a game changer for me was uh, downloading audible on my phone. So I'm huge. I've always got a book going on Audible. Um, I'm a big podcast guy. Uh, you know, I'm I'm listening from everything from from your show to um, Rogan, Lex Friedman, you name it. Love Lex um, Friedman. I, I like. I don't know anything about AI. That's why I listen to Lex Friedman. Um, yeah, it's it's fascinating stuff. <laughs> and, uh, you know the the books. Actually, I'm reading a, or listening. I say reading. To sound smarter. <laughs> Same. Um, but, <laughs> I've read 117 but, books yeah, this year. Yeah, I, I only listen to books now, but um, I'm, I'm listening to a great book called Atomic Habits. And, um, you know, get, getting into that. And I've always got one of those going. And um, I, I think I think that that piece is important. You know, I, I like I like listening to podcasts. Um, you know, one of the things that's really interesting about the OOH Insider is, is hearing things from people that are in the industry, like Craig Brenner. And uh, I've been fortunate enough to to meet Craig before and, you know, to, to really hear him take a deep dive on what he's thinking, what decisions he's making, how he sees the industry going. I think it's so important to follow your own industry, but also, you know, hop out and, and listen to some other things, too, that that, um, you know, might give you an idea or two, or at least have, help you frame things in a different way. And we're, we're constantly uh, trying to improve ourselves um, and our knowledge base. It's huge. Brian, where do folks connect with you? Where do they learn more about Venue X? Tell people uh, what's your Latin long. Yeah, are. I, I'm on, uh, I'm on LinkedIn, you know, certainly feel free to uh, send me a connection. I'm, I'm open there. And um, VenueXmedia.com uh, is our website. And you can download our media kit and learn learn a little bit more about the network uh, on our website. But uh, LinkedIn is is where you can connect with me personally for sure. And um, I'm not not super active on there, but you know we try to put out an update every so often on on what's going on with the venues. And um, it's uh, easy easy to find me on there and easy to uh, get to venuexmedia.com. Easy enough. We'll make sure to link out to everything below. Brian, thanks so much for being here. 
Hey, thank you so much, Tim. I really, really an honor to be on the show. Absolutely. It's an honor to have you, sir. If you are listening to this and you found it to be helpful, please share it with somebody else who could benefit. Only 30% of you are subscribed, so make sure to smash that subscribe button down below in the corner, and we'll see y'all next time. Quarter century, I finally came to my senses. I finally got my hand up on the tinted Benz, kid. I see the world clear through my tinted lenses. With the dream and the drive, the possibilities endless. Now print that, send this all the way to Tokyo. Take a trip down south, down to Mexico. Next stop, Shanghai, the world-class trade show. First class all the way, because that's how we roll. Yeah, call us the rock star businessman. Rocking shows, we handle business, man. We got our own future in the palm of our hands, because divided.